0: Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated.
1: To plan for life now the podcast i am one of your hosts steve kiliani and i'm dave murray the, other, the other host, host. that's and it then, just and two. That, of us. that's all there are <laughs> right. for
0: the plan for life now podcast you told me some inf- interesting information before we get going what is apparently this? our last podcast we're hey. catching on like wildfire
1: we had good response i had um i you know i don't think we actually have comments enabled on our on SoundCloud that hosts the podcasts, I think I disabled those, but we had I think I had seven or eight people email me to say, "Hey, really like the podcast. Thanks for you know doing it right. I didn't know we had seven or eight people
0: listening, so we could start making up statistics about the podcast that sound good, similar to when one bank gives a higher interest rate. We have fifty percent more <laughs> listeners, yeah, we started out with five. Now we got seven yeah. just like like if you see those bank commercials I'm like that I'm not gonna say the bank but basically the bank commercials where basically they say you're gonna get five times more interest yeah Ooh. I was getting 0.02 percent out of my checking <laughs> now I'm
1: getting 0.01 or whatever right. I actually saw another bank, not to go way off topic. I saw another bank, Dave, that literally copycatted that ad campaign and said that they had 40 times more. So it was yeah. just, it copied that. They like said 40 times. 40 times. More.
0: You're going, oh my yeah. God, I'm going to be rich from your it's interest. It's all how you
1: package the, uh, the message, right? No. But maybe we
0: are getting more but thank you so we're the now we sound like a PBS station. We don't have any. We're not like on regular radio anymore. <laughs> we're just doing a podcast so those people listening might be telling other people if you're interested in financial planning news for old people or by old I mean. I could say that now since I'm one of those people. Okay. in their 50s and I wouldn't 60s. I would dare say it. No, or early 70s then maybe you all are spreading the word. So we
1: appreciate that. Okay, let's now. get down to business and by business I mean our Redskin Picks.
0: Right. Before we actually get down to what we're supposed to be talking about.
1: Right. So, we are even on the season now. You just gift-wrapped that uh, Cowboys Thanksgiving game and just gave me a nice early Christmas present and said, here you go. Here's I a free did. game. I
0: had held back the Homerism big time all season <laughs> until that. I was dead wrong. The Cowboys are just flat out better than us.
1: Right, we made we played a, game, a good though. game. it was good. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: We played I'm not a game. going to complain. But now we play. This is a hard pick, Arizona. Okay. Um. And now we're even. So now it matters. And you know what? Uh. Hey, we got Kirk Cousins. We are playing good football. We're better than the Cardinals. I'm picking the Cardinals. You are really. Yeah. yeah we're on the road. They have one thing that I think is going to be a problem. A. They're desperate. We are not desperate yet. B. We need we're, to play a, like their stadium. Best. They're pretty good there yeah. in Arizona. C. And most important. Their defense is really good, but especially the defensive backfield in our passing game is what we do.
1: Yeah, but we've got a million receivers. Okay, D
0: our defense isn't very good. No. So that means their quarterback is not doing so well this year. Carson Palmer will end up having his best game against us. Hmm. So I'm going to pick, unfortunately, I hope I'm wrong. And I usually am. I'm going to pick the Cardinals, (laughs) Cardinals, 27, Redskins,
1: 24. Okay. I I had already decided to pick the Redskins. You did start to sway me a little bit with your logic, but I'm going to stick with the Redskins uh, just because I think we are better team and you do make some good points, but I'm going to stick with it. And you know what? I'll go exactly opposite what you said. Redskins 27, Cardinals 24. Cool. Now, I'll give you one other option on here. If you ever want to pick a tie, if you pick a tie correctly, I'll give you a 10-game lead on the season. Okay. All right? That's fantastic. All right. that's Just like throwing the, that out That's there. like
0: the throwing the ring on the Coke bottle at the carnival at the Montgomery County State Fair. All right.
1: Doesn't happen very often. Okay. Let's shift gears four minutes in. And talk about some real stuff. And Hold on. <gasps> what is
0: that? Oh my gosh. It's the Barry Ritholtz sounder that we stole from MAL when we left there. Oh, we didn't steal it. Because first steal of it. all, before I get into that copyright stuff, I thought of that idea. Right. That was my idea for this music in the background about Barry Ritholtz. So I'll explain to you if this is the first time you've ever heard this. So I don't think it's technically stealing my own idea. That we used to do on the terrestrial radio
1: show. Now, I will say, and I was shocked by this, we've been doing this podcast now for six, well, almost six months, a little less. This is the first time we've used the sounder. I know. I don't know what if it's just, I don't know what it is. We haven't been doing as much Barry worship as we had in the past. Right, but tell them why so,
0: we, we worship Barry Ritholtz
1: and who he is. Yeah, so this is um, a good time to introduce you to a who we would think is a like-minded financial person. Um, So if you're just a podcast listener and you never listened to the radio show before, he is a syndicated columnist. Um, So he's in the Washington Post. And he talks about investing and talks about the financial markets. But his philosophy has always been very much in tune with our philosophy. And he often seems to have very timely well written, well researched articles that sort of match up with our thinking. So we've often said, hey, you know, Dave and I are both, you know, pretty decent writers. We, you know, write things, but he does it better and he's got a staff to research it. So we'll let yeah. him do it. Yeah,
0: he's good. <laughs> and this one that you're going to talk about today, I'm going to let you set it up because, quite frankly, uh, a little behind the scenes, we found this one. I remember saying, "Hey, let's talk about this," but that was a long time ago. How was it last week,
1: yeah. When we actually ago. said, "Let's talk about this," and now we're getting around to doing it. It was a busy week, so we're. This is Friday here. We're doing the podcast, but yeah, this was in last. Was this last Sunday or was this two Sundays? I don't ago? know. If that was my point. Uh, November. <laughs> I yeah, I think November twenty second. Yeah, that was yeah. two Sundays ago. Um, So this was in the Washington Post, but if I'm going to put a link, as I always do now, put a link right here below the podcast so you can click on the article, and it's titled very simply, Do You Need a Financial Advisor? And I I think this is a a very fair and good question that anyone should be asking themselves because too often, as with many things in our media, too often I feel like articles – opinions will be 100% on one side or 100% on the other side. So the one side would be, you never need a financial advisor. The fees that you're paying them are a ripoff. You should never have one. It's just a joke that if you ever pay them, you can do it yourself.
0: Right. And I'll even take that philosophy further into me reading the minds of the general American consumer as to what that means. And what, to me, that means to very to a lot of people, is that if I just put all of my money in an S and P five hundred index fund and forget about it, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Yep. Now, <laughs> that is we think is a dangerous way to approach things. But I think that would be the school of thought you see in media and articles sometimes.
1: Okay. Now take the other side of things, where you know these Wall Street. Geniuses or these, you know, financial experts, and I'm using that term kind of dripping with sarcasm here, uh, in case you can't pick up on it. They will give you the impression that you could never do this. Oh, what we do is so, so sophisticated. It's so fancy. We've got trading algorithms, and we've got PhDs, and we've got trend following analytics, and blah 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 blah. And you must pay us. To right. do this. And let's take it a step further.
0: What you just laid out, and we are running a hedge fund, not mm-hmm. under you know whatever guys that you would meet with someone right. who is uh, not under the hedge fund scenario. Now, the hedge fund scenario, for people who don't know that, we can really charge any fee we deem reasonable. We deem it. And if you buy into it, fine. If you don't, cool. Right. But when you buy into that... Wizard of Oz guru stuff. Sometimes you could even see a fee as much as 10% of assets invested going to the wizard guru. If that's what they say and you buy into it and you say, sure, sure. I'll pay you 10% because you're going to make me whatever you say. Oh, yeah. That's the hedge fund world. Yeah. And that, to me, is the opposite. Right. <laughs> that would now be
1: polar opposite of our first scenario. Right. So, first of all, first and foremost, I liked this article because it's – it's more balanced. And this is you know, what I wish we had in a lot of different arenas. But you know, trying to take a look at where are the scenarios where you really could do your planning yourself and where are the scenarios where, yeah, it, it probably makes sense to pay a professional for that advice. So he starts with a, a simple question, which is a good place to start, is how complicated is your situation? You know, our firm focuses on working with people who are either in retirement or nearing retirement and trying to deal with the financial issues related to that. You know, how do you how do you convert this money that you've saved from savings into income? You know, how do you protect your money as well as growing it? We don't personally work with many people who are in their 20s, 30s, usually even 40s because their financial situations not that Complicated,
0: right? Or at least we deem it not to be complicated for the the practice we've decided to do and focus on. So,
1: you know, I think that's a a really good place to start. Um, Then he asked the question, you know, how what are your long term goals? You know, what are the goals that you're trying to save for or trying to achieve? Um, And for some people, it could just be buying a house, having kids, saving for the kids' college education. Once again, that's going to fall in that category where we think, you know what? We're not bringing a whole lot of value to the table. You don't need as much expertise. Then you move into more complicated things like retirement planning and staying ahead of inflation and producing income and tax management and withdrawal strategies. And that's really where we think there is value to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look at it like the, I, I try to make the analogy of working on your car. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to even do the simplest thing, so in other words, my feeling is as you get, and I'll focus on the people we focus on, you're in your 50s and 60s, and you're getting closer to retirement, and obviously mistakes are more magnified, yep. and I'm financially illiterate, mm-hmm. I should, I, in my opinion, I should be seeking out a financial advisor. That would be the same as me saying, you know what? You know, I basically know how... This is my own real-life personal situation. I know how to pump gas, and I know where the windshield wiper fluid goes. But... And now, my transmission as basically... says, the transmission light goes on, I'm not the guy who has the roller board thing in my garage, yeah. nor do I have any tools in my garage, right. let alone the roller board thing, where you go under your car, and then you're, like, looking at stuff under your car, and besides getting dirty... You know what's going on under there. But if your transmission <laughs> is busted, that think about financially complicated things. If your transmission is busted, even the guy who has the roller board under their car probably goes to a professional mechanic.
1: But Dave, there's plenty of YouTube videos out there. I mean, nowadays, it's not hard to find a YouTube video or a website describing how to do that. So you don't think that you could just watch the YouTube video, go buy yourself a roller board, and then change your transmission?
0: Um... Okay, if I were to change a light bulb and I accidentally squeeze it too hard and it breaks, the, the glass breaks, and then I'm bleeding. That sucks. Right. If I'm going to be under my car and I unscrew the wrong thing and the engine falls on my head and my brain is smashed, worst scenario. Yeah. Similar to financial planning. <laughs> the older you get, you know, you make the mistake, and the mistake happens to occur. You know, in a 2008 scenario, was it worth it? To do, look up the YouTube video that you really didn't understand anyway, and you screwed up anyway mm-hmm. to make a disaster. I, I always look at this analogy
1: as a pretty good one when it comes to this choice. Okay, so we're trying to answer this question. You know, do you need a financial advisor? We talked about you know how complicated your goals are, how long term your goals are. Now, the last question, which. I think is really hard for people to analyze themselves is how disciplined are you? How emotional are you about money? And why I think this is hard for most people to do is I think the more emotional that you are about your money, the more likely you are to not want to give up control and want to retain that control. So what do we really mean by this? if Those of you who are listening, if you've been clients for a while, and I think we even did a podcast about this a couple months back, you've probably seen us cite the study. We call them the Dahlbar studies. The Dahlbar studies that show long-term returns in the market and long-term returns achieved by investors. And the one that I just know off the top of my head, the last 20 years, long-term returns in the market have been 8%. Long-term returns by investors have been about 3.5%. Now why is that? It's very clear, very obvious, very simple. When the stock market goes down, most people like to sell stocks. When the stock market goes up, they like to buy stocks. That is a bad combination, right? And we've probably addressed this you know, dozens of times over the years on the podcast and radio show. But regardless of all that we've done, and other people have talked about it, people still fall prey to it again. Of course, and again. because the emotion of the moment <clears throat> is incredibly scary,
0: and the human brain is going to say, during that emotion of the moment, "Yeah, no kidding, I'm getting out." And and more and more, that roller coaster is going up and down at violent swings. Good example was when uh, Trump was elected was about to be elected president. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even elected president yet, so this but is election the night. writing was on the wall, election night. Right, so Florida's so, gone, Michigan right. looks doubtful. And all of a, a sudden, and the uh, futures, remember Dow futures were down eight, 900 points yep. at one point during that. By the time the day ended the next day, Trump was the president-elect, I believe the Dow was up 230, 200, Ooh, over 200 points. a
1: couple hundred points. Yeah. That
0: day, that's that's that emotion but that's, and, you know, that that's an example of people thinking, "Oh my gosh, now now magnify that in 2008." Right. With a real scenario, and it's very hard to keep the long-term perspective.
1: Well, I was going to say, I mean, that's such a short snapshot that, you know, probably by the time you reacted, everything was bounced back. You know, unless you're trading on the futures market overnight, which I don't think too many people are doing that. But in 2008, you're talking about a protracted Long decline where here's what happens is you see, you read a statistic like that and you say, Oh, I know everybody who sells when the market's down. They're, they're pretty dumb. They don't know what they're doing. Market goes down, right? You say, I know the statistics. I'm not going to sell market keeps going down. I don't know. I mean, I've read those statistics, but I'm getting a little nervous. The market's way down. Now you start to say, you know what? This time is different. I've read the statistics but this is different. I'm going to get out. And that's what they call capitulation. That's when people have given up and that's usually right around the time when the market bottoms right. out.
0: Now you factor in you're retired or you're about to retire, you're a few years even, and that money, the money you have is so the importance is so magnified,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that just doubles up right on the emotion and that's why like my dad I've mentioned on the radio show, but maybe not on the podcast. My dad is a very successful attorney, very good guy, a lawyer you could actually trust. (laughs) And he just retired recently. But he always said, and a lot of great lawyers always say, a lawyer who represents themselves has a fool for a client. Why? They might know everything about the law, but now they're emotionally tied to their own case, and it's different. In my own financial case, obviously I know a lot of this stuff, but you... I rely on you, Steve, Mm -hmm. to manage my money, to tell me things. I ask you questions (laughs) about stuff, and I take an approach that is detached. Right. You know, as a 50, maybe when you're listening to this, if it's after January 17th, a (laughs) 55-year-old. You know, and and that's just, that's a big part of it, and you're right. You just stated statistics that prove the power Mm -hmm.
1: and the negative power of emotion. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's, this article is a really good summary of, you know, who needs an advisor. And it basically comes down to, you know, the more the more important, the more complex the scenario is, the more costly a mistake is, the more it's worthwhile to say, yeah, I'm going to have an advisor. For someone who's 25 years old, has a long time to work, they can make a big mistake and they can have time to recover. There's there's plenty of room for error. You're 65 years old. You just retired. You're starting to take income. You go through one bear market, big mistake, and you're looking for work again. Right. So that that's just too costly. And the job of the advisor for, all, for the making that
0: decision, say, to use an advisor is to when this happens, when the emotional stuff happens, you're prepared. You're now able to deal with it because you have a game plan put together and, quite frankly, you have someone to bounce off when you're upset to say, what is my game plan again? How does this work again? Why am I okay again? And you should expect tangible answers and, and ultimately, you get through the roller coaster without panicking and you have you know, your money invested in the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that's how you end up doing
1: better at the well, end of the day. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week.